Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode three, episode three of Nick Knack News Radio. I'm your host for this evening, Nicholas Thirst. Unfortunately, my usual co-host, J.C. Brown, got held up at a meeting at work, so he will not be on the show tonight, and it's just going to be me riding solo, but have no fear, it's going to be an awesome show. We have a huge lineup of guests for you this evening. We're going to start it off in a little bit with none other than Mike in New Haven. He is WFAN's youngest caller, WFAN's Mongo Nation's youngest member, and he is a YouTube sensation. Everyone's checking out his page, and his videos have been going viral as of late, especially on Twitter with the Mongos. He's had some funny calls, and the Mongos have really just loved it. We're going to ask him all about that and a little bit about his life and career aspirations. And a little bit later on in the show, we have Mothman Jones coming on. He's a movie reviewer on YouTube, and he's also a contributor to, contributor to the website, knickknacknews.wordpress.com. He's going to break down all the movies, not all the movies, but a good majority of the movies that a lot of people will be seeing this March. And he's also going to go over the Oscars, and we'll talk about some other movies going towards the future as well. Right now, it's spring. Well, spring, almost spring. Spring is in the air. Um, the weather is getting a little warmer around the East Coast. It's not been too cold. It hasn't been that much of a brutal winter, which is always a good thing. So when you're thinking spring, you might be thinking, oh, spring training baseball. And, of course, that's what I think. Uh, I'm very excited for, for the baseball season to, to happen. I've been waiting, you know, since the Mets were eliminated for the World Series, I've been waiting for them to get back on the field, and I want to see what they do this year. The expectations are really high. Uh, it's basically World Series or bust. But what I'm also thinking with spring approaching is it's really time to focus in on the National Hockey League. Uh, it's a team that has really been covered bust for the last few years right now it is the New York Rangers. The New York Rangers I'm a fan of, and it's time for them to win the Stanley Cup already. They've been to the Eastern Conference Finals. They've won the President's Trophy. They've done everything except win the Stanley Cup. They went to the Cup. They got crushed. And then this past offseason, they made some terrible trades. They traded Cam Talbot for virtually nothing. They traded Carl Hagelin for a player on to the, to the Ducks. That player is no longer with the Rangers. And then Carl Hagelin is now with the Pittsburgh Penguins, who the Rangers are playing this evening. Now, before I go any further with my hockey discussion, uh, I just wanted to let everybody know that if you want to participate in the show this evening, you can call in if you're listening live, and the number to call in is 1-724-444-7444, and then enter the call ID, which is 1406-18, followed by the pound key, 
but that information is on our website as well. Or you can tweet me at Nick underscore Durst for any questions you might have for John or Mike. So looking at the NHL standings here, uh, the Rangers have been really bad this year. There's been structures where they just couldn't get a point. But if you look at the Eastern Conference, they have the second best record in the Eastern Conference, which is really surprising. The Capitals, red hot. They might break, break the Detroit Red Wings streak uh, of wins, and they might also break their uh, overall points total that the Red Wings have at NHL record. They have 98 right now, uh, only 63 games played. The Rangers, second place in the Metropolitan, they have 80 points. They're tied point-wise with the Florida Panthers, led by Yamir Yager in the Atlantic Division. They're in first place with 80 points. Also in the Atlantic, the Lightning, who went to the Cup last year, second place with 78. The Bruins, third place with 76. And the Red Wings are in fourth place in position to make the playoffs. Yet, once again, it's going to be over 20 years they're going to the playoffs. A crazy streak, a very well-run organization. But if you look in the Metropolitan Division, right now the Capitals are in first and the Penguins are in fourth. That would be an opening round matchup of the Capitals taking on Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. So you got Crosby versus Ovechkin there. That would be a great matchup. But then the matchup that everyone's going to be watching will be the Rangers versus the Islanders in the first round. So far this season, the Islanders had the Rangers number. But playoff hockey is a totally different animal. That's going to be a very intense postseason matchup, and if you look in the West, the Blackhawks, they're just ridiculous. Again, uh, Andrew Ladd got him. He scored recently in one of his first games back with the team. The Stars, they're in second place in the Central, then the Blues and the Predators, and then the Pacific, the Kings are in first place. What a surprise. Blackhawks and Kings in first place. The Ducks are in second, Sharks in third, Canucks in fourth, which only 60 points, and they have a losing record at 24 and 26. But nonetheless, they're tied with the Coyotes for fourth place to make the playoffs. Uh, I'm pretty sure if the Coyotes or the Canucks in the first round take on the Blackhawks, they're going to get swept. It's going to be a massacre. But if you look then going forward here, this is when the NHL season really heats up. People start really paying attention. And recently announced, as yesterday, as a matter of fact, um, there's going to be the World Cup of Hockey coming up in uh, September and October on ESPN. ESPN hasn't done hockey in a long time. They're very excited for that. The, the tournament should be great. There's, you know, the usual suspect teams you see in the Olympics. But there's also going to be an interesting thing. Team North America is going to be players from Canada and the United States that are age 23 and under. They're going to play together on one team. And also there's going to be a Team Europe for the European places that don't really have huge hockey teams. So that's going to be great. Good stuff to look going forward. And that brings us now to our first guest. And we know he's a big sports fan. He resides in New Haven, Connecticut. And he's probably calling right now from his New Haven studios. Uh, Mike, how are you tonight? Yes. I am here. Uh, how are you doing, Nick? Good. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. All right. So, Mike, let's jump right into it here. Uh, you've been getting a, quite a following as of late. Uh, why don't you give the, the listeners out there a little bit of background about yourself? Um, just, uh, you know, maybe your age, uh, the grade you're in in school, stuff like that. 
Well, uh, to tell you right here, uh, I'm 16 years old. I recently turned 16. Um, and uh, I'm currently doing a homeschool program by the name of Penn Foster, and it's been great. Uh, I'll be done with it uh, around this August. Um, as if you listen to WFAN these last couple of years, you've heard me a lot. Uh, you probably know me as Mike in New Haven, and uh, you can mostly hear me on Joe and Evan and the Mike Francesa Show uh, on the fan in New York. And I've, uh, I've been doing YouTube. Uh, I started doing YouTube when Mike was on FS1. I, video, I recorded my calls with uh, him on FS1, and then after uh, he left FS1, I still wanted to bring the videos to Mongo Nation, and I did for a while. I took a brief hiatus for uh, some reasons well-documented in one of my videos, and then I came back this past month uh, with a vengeance, and so far, so good, and um, Mongo Nation, most of them at least, have taken a liking to me. All right, we're going to get a little more into your videos in a little bit, but uh, why don't you uh, tell us, do you have any plans about, or is it too early for you to think about, you know, going to college, where you might want to go, what you might want to study? Oh, I do want to go to college, of course. Uh, education is, of course, key in my life. Uh, we plan on also doing college online, similar to what we've been doing with high school. And um, my career aspirations, listen, I, I've known what I've wanted to do since I was a little kid. I love the emergency service field, and I want to work uh, with the fire department, so I hope to do that in the near future, either a fireman or a paramedic, one of the two. Well, firemen and paramedics, uh, very key citizens to the United States, wouldn't be able to get by without them. So I uh, commend you for that, for wanting to take that career path. Uh, so when did you, uh, and you are relatively young, uh, when did you start listening to WFAN? What really made you get into the station? Well, you can say I started watching FAN. It was uh, 2006, late April, early May. I came home from school. I remember I was like six years old. And um, I had no homework, so I figured I'd just turn on the TV. And I'm expecting to do a to watch a Yankee matinee, but I didn't know the schedule at the time. So instead, I turn it on and it's Mike and the Mad Dog. But I didn't know who it was at the time. So uh, you know, my mom comes into my room. She's like, "Who are these two old guys?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't know, but they're pretty funny, and I like them." And I started watching the simulcast, and that pretty much got me hooked from. And I stick, stuck with it right after Chris left, and uh, I've been listening and watching ever since. So you could say, "Well." Wow. Uh, you know, Mike and the Mad Dog, obviously an iconic show. Um, the reunion show will be coming out this month. So, uh, I assume you'll be watching that. Yeah, I got it. I got it recorded and everything. Oh, oh, I don't have it recorded just yet, obviously, but I'll have it recorded that night to uh, to be watching the Mike and the Mad Dog show. I'll be listening to the best of Mike and the Mad Dog. Um, mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to it. It's been eight years since they last shared the airwaves together, and as a young kid at the time they broke up, I never got the chance to appreciate just how good they were. So. This will give me a little glimpse into just what they had over the course of those 19 amazing years. And will you will you be calling into the show? I won't. I have some arrangements that night, but uh, I submitted my questions with the hashtag AskMikeDog. I had one question up there, so let's see if it gets on. Hopefully it does. And I didn't even know if they were going to be taking any callers, but uh, if I had uh, time on my hands, I'd be dialing like a madman. And would you want to share what your question was so we can look out for it while watching the show? Um, it, it, I basically asked them what was their favorite New York City uh, team, a specific run by a New York City team uh, to cover, mm -hmm. what, 94 Knicks, the 94 Rangers, the 99, right. those mm -hmm. Yankees championships, or uh, 2001 in the wake of 9-11, the Yankees going to the World Series. So uh, I asked that question. Right. And uh, this is a record for the show. We're 12 minutes into the show here. I've only asked you about two or three questions. Do we have a caller on the line who wants to ask you a question? You up for that? Of course. Bring them on. 
All right. Uh, caller, guest six, welcome to the show. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Andrew in Fresh Meadows. Andrew, how you doing? All right. All right. So we got Andrew here. Andrew, why don't you uh, tell the listeners out there uh, who you are on Twitter and your YouTube presence? All right. Uh, first of all, my name is Andrew Sports Fan, and my real name is Andrew Pollock, in case not that many people are aware. I am based out in Fresh Meadows, which is in Queens, of course, and I have been in Mongo Nation since last year. All right. And uh, did you, so Matt, I'll ask this to Mike. Uh, Mike, did you guys just met uh, through YouTube, I'm guessing? You saw each other's yeah. videos? Yeah, me and him. Yeah. Really- knew each other through YouTube. I watch his videos. He watches mine. Um, we're big supporters of each other's channels, so I, I know Andrew. All right. Yeah, and I, go ahead, Andrew. Sorry about that. What are you going to say, Nick? Uh, I was just going to say, uh, so what do you, what, do you, what videos do you usually post, Andrew, for those people that aren't aware? All right. So basically, I post my WFAN call to the station, and the story about that was, I was looking for a place where I could back up my WFAN calls, and I said, wow, YouTube's a very good option. I mean, I have unlimited time to, you know, post this content. And as the months went by and by, and I said, oh, I better, you know, continue posting this content. And I started thinking, you know, I can make this more of a sports channel. So lately I've been posting a lot of WFAN audio of um, TJ and Mount Holly, He's a very popular caller to the Steve Summer Show. And recently, I've been posting a lot of audio clips of uh, Ralph in Manhattan. All right. I, I noticed uh, checking out your channel. I would, is it safe to assume your favorite host is Steve Summers? Uh, yeah. Uh, story about that. <laughs> He's not actually my favorite host. My favorite host is Mike Francesa. Uh, well, what probably people are, but it's easy to get through to speed. Uh, quick story here. I actually was an intern at WFCN in the fall of 2012. I worked the Sunday football shifts from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. I worked uh, Monday night football shifts, 6 p.m. to midnight, and I worked Boomer and Carton on Thursday morning, 6 a.m. to 12. Steve Summers is the most approachable guy. In fact, you don't even have to approach him. He'll come and talk to you for a good hour as an intern, and he treats you you know, as a peer, he's a great guy. Um, he's, he's definitely probably the nicest guy at the station. Um, so before I get to your question, Andrew, that leads me to my next question for Mike, actually. Mike, who, is your, who are your, some of your favorite hosts on WFAN? Right now or overall in the history of the FAN? Uh, give me history and then give me right now. Well, I'll give you uh, history. Uh, Don Imus, I loved uh, the old audio clips that Keith James has on YouTube of Imus during his heyday uh, in the 90s at FAN. His interactions with Bernie and McCord are just priceless. Um, I love Steve Summers. Uh, I don't have the, really the opportunity to call him. I love Boomer and Carton. i, I got to say, man, uh, out of all of them, it's really hard to choose. But I'll, if I have to say specifically, I guess I'll go with um, uh, Joe and Evan. Joe and Evan, you know, Joe and Evan, they're like the utility men in baseball. They're playing every position. Yeah. One day they'll be doing their show, the next day the morning, the next day the afternoon. And uh, I'm really surprised, I don't know about you guys, that they're not filling in for Mike on the day of the Mike and the Mad Dover Union show. I thought for sure they'd be doing Mike's show. Well, I think at the end of the day, for as good as they are, um, I, I would much rather have anybody would take, even though it's not in Mongo Nation, would take uh, the best of Mike and the Mad Dog. 
Uh, anybody but Mushnick, of course, that's the only person that probably wouldn't, and Bob Raceman, but uh, those are the only two oddballs that would not love to hear this uh, five hours of those 19 years. So, um, oh, and uh, we know for for sure, uh, I don't know about Andrew, but Aaron Funhouse is going to be having that show recorded, and I'm sure he's going to have a record number of posts of audio that day from the, the best of show. He will, and uh, he is a great asset uh, to all of the Mongos out there, um, and not on Twitter, even though he's on Twitter, he has been awesome. He's back on YouTube. Uh, of course, you know, his channel got struck down for copyright reasons, but he's back up, so it's good to have him back. And in the wake of Audio Mongo not being on YouTube uh, at this particular moment, because his account got terminated as well, uh, we need RN. So RN is, is an asset to all of us when it comes to all Right, and, uh, I mean, and Mike, I'm so, uh, I mean, Andrew, I'm sorry to keep holding off your question here, but Mike's like getting into some key points here that I was going to ask him. Mike, how do you feel about CBS uh, threatening and eventually taking down all the YouTube videos? And is that a reason why you pulled some of your videos? Well, yes. And, you know, I do, like I said, it initially started because Mike wasn't on TV anymore. And I still wanted to do it because I really picked up a really a, a fondness for YouTubing. So um, I did those videos. And I do watch out to, for certain things. For example, um, I have a nice app that allows me to merge the videos, and of course on my iPhone you can edit. If there's advertisements in the video, I make sure to edit those out. So I'm very careful when I post these videos. And the way I see it, um, as long as I'm just posting audio of myself, there's really nothing to worry about. And plus, Mons, you see my interactions with him on my YouTube videos. He knows I'm up there uh, on YouTube, so I think I'm pretty good in that uh, regard. Right, and that leads me to my next question. Who is your favorite producer to talk to? And who do you think, what producer do you think produces the best show? Um, producer to talk to, easily Mons. Mons, uh, he shocked me one day because I didn't think he knew about my YouTube videos. He said he watches a lot of them. So me and Mons have great conversations, and it's gotten to the point where I've become enough of a regular where whenever I call up Mike's show, I don't have to say who I am anymore. He knows my voice. So as far as who produces the best show, uh, I would also have to give that to Mons. You know, with Casey Keefe coming in at a close second, because with all the madness that goes on with Mike's show, with the callers bringing up crazy points or, you know, interviews or crazy moments that may happen throughout the day, he really does run a good tight ship. So, you know, if anything, Mons takes the cake on both of those questions. Yeah, Mons is a, he's a good guy. We always talk to him about wrestling. We'd watch Raw together on Monday nights at the fan. Uh, so, Andrew, without further ado, what is your question for Mike this evening? Well, uh... My uh, question to Mike is, uh, how do you feel about the Islander chances in the playoffs? Well, as you know, as I told you on one of my videos, I'm a diehard Ranger fan. Um, so if we cross paths, I hope that the Islanders uh, don't have that good of a chance. But if the Islanders are facing someone else in the first round other than my beloved Rangers, uh, let's see. I mean, listen, this is a team that has not won a first-round series since 1993. Um, they constantly find ways to shoot themselves in the foot during the playoffs. So it's about time they break on through. And with Tavares leading the charge, um, let's see if it happens this year. But like I said, if they face off against my Rangers, I hate to tell you, Andrew, you are going down. Uh, because uh, I was going to get on Twitter. Re- I was going to tweet this recently. I don't know when I was going to tweet it. But I really think, in my opinion, the way the Capitals have been doing this season, I really think this is the, this is the best shot the Capitals have to win the Cup right now. They had a great shot last year, and that series, this is why, you know, I was shocked that the Rangers couldn't find a way to get to the Cup. 
because I figured with that series against Tampa Bay, if they could overcome Washington down 3-1 in those extremely <laughs> thrilling but just, uh, you know, nail-biting kinds of games against the Capitals, you know, they can just overcome about anyone. And they were really just down and out. But every what I loved about last year, and like I said, it's just a shame we couldn't get that cup, um, everybody had this quiet confidence that the Rangers were going to come back. Nobody counted the Rangers out based on their postseason history these last couple of years. And they gave us a run for our money, no doubt. And they had a great shot last year. But that game seven was literally about inches. And fortunately, those inches went the Rangers' way. So you're right. I think they do have a good shot. And if anything, Capitals Blackhawks gave you a preview of what could happen in June. Well, one yeah, I really think that Sorry to interrupt. I really think the finals are going to end up being the Blackhawks versus the Capitals. Yeah, I would lean towards that as well. I mean, am I optimistic as a Ranger fan? Of course I am. But uh, I would not be shocked if they ended up meeting up. The Blackhawks are quietly assembling a dynasty here. And a sport like hockey does become big in May or June. But for the most part, it's not talked about in a country like America. But the Blackhawks are literally building a dynasty right under the American sports fans' nose. And I think if they do win the Cup again this year, it's about time we take notice of it. Well, the Blackhawks definitely already are a dynasty, three and six years, but every other year they alternate with the Los Angeles Kings. So you yeah. cannot count the Kings out. And going back to that Capitals series with the Rangers last year, uh, last year, one of the safest bets in all sports is Rangers in seven. So if there's a seventh game and the Rangers are in it, chances are they're going to win. Uh, it doesn't always happen, but most of the time it does. Andrew, uh, any more? Any other question? I'll give you one more specifically for Mike, or are you, is that your only question? Dan? Well, uh, I guess the, if I had to think of another question I wanted to ask Mike was, uh, how do you feel about the uh, current situation going on in the NBA Western Conference? I'm shocked at how, uh, you know, even though the competition has picked up in recent weeks, usually a team like the Blazers, for example, Andrew, five games over 500 would only get you at best the 10th seed in the West. So to see the West kind of fade out in which the bottom teams are not as good, specifically Houston, who was in the Western Conference Finals last season, um, it's quite shocking to me. So, But, you know, I think at the end of the day, playing for the 8th seed really doesn't matter because the only thing you're going to win is getting obliterated by Golden State in the first round. So uh, literally the only thing we're only going to care about as NBA fans come May or June is Warriors Spurs in the Conference Finals and Warriors Cavs in, in, uh, in the NBA Finals for the rematch. Well, one, right. more thing, one more thing. Sorry to interrupt. Mike, I think there's also a possibility where the Warriors probably play Golden State. Sorry, the Warriors play the Thunder in the playoffs. Is that a possibility? Well, you got to look at Andrew at the games the Thunder have been playing lately. Uh, you can't fault them for losing that. Well, you can actually fault them. Let me uh, backtrack there for losing that uh, game to the Warriors because even though the Warriors have the propensity to come back at any given moment, uh, just late in the game, the way that Kevin Durant executed and the way that Russell Westbrook executed was just not good at all. They had the chance um, in those last couple minutes to really put the game away. But um, that stupid foul with seven-tenths of a second left bit him in, and you just knew that the Warriors were, were going to find a way from there. And throw in the last night's game against the Clippers in which they just choked it away, and the Thunder are in trouble. They could pick up the pace again, but if I had my money on it, the Thunder are going home uh, courtesy of San Antonio in the semifinals. I agree. Uh, all right. Well, Andrew, uh, thank you for calling in. We really appreciate it. Uh, and have a good night. All right. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Mike. Yep. 
So there was uh, Andrew, uh, Andrew Sports Mongo calling in, talking about hockey and basketball. Later on in the show tonight, uh, Brad Ball is going to be back. We're going to be previewing the Thunder-Golden uh, State game tonight. Uh, the thing about the NBA right now is, you know, the, the opening round, seven games, too many games. The top seed always wins. Uh, as it's looking right now, it might be uh, Golden State versus Oklahoma City in the second round. Uh, maybe the one four seed, and then it would be San Antonio versus the Clippers. But uh, moving on, uh, thanks for answering his questions, Mike. Uh, so as you mentioned, you're not on Twitter, but recently, two weeks back, maybe a month ago, there was some controversy around the winter meetings uh, when someone, uh, or maybe do you even do you know Buster Only? Because apparently, a Buster Only was impersonating you, uh, saying know. they were Mike, Mike in New Haven, and they were tweeting out false trade rumors and signings. Any, were you aware of that? How, I wasn't how aware did that come about? I wasn't aware of it until I saw it, and I was, like, appalled by it because it posted us some pretty, you know, it cursed in, the, in, his, in his tweets, and I don't know the person that made it, and I don't have Twitter because uh, I'm not allowed to have it. So I, I realized that, I guess, showing my face in the YouTube videos wasn't going to do me justice, and I figured, well, the only way this troll is not going to bother me anymore is if I just stop YouTubing, so... Uh, whoever that is, the last time I looked at the account just to see what it was up to, it hasn't done anything since the beginning of uh, last month. So let's just hope it stays that way. I don't know the person, and I don't care to know the person. I just hope that they're done trolling. Now, what is your personal opinion on the real Buster Only? Good analyst, good sports guy. Uh, he has broken his fair share of stories over the course of uh, his uh, career. He's an underrated analyst, in my opinion. He doesn't get enough credit for what he does uh, for ESPN. Uh, he kind of gets lost in the shuffle sometimes, but uh, with the baseball season coming into play now, we should see his face a lot more often. Yep, uh, I love baseball tonight. It's a great show, uh, especially Thanks. when Buster only is on with Tim Kirchin. So as you just confirmed to the people, you do not have a Twitter. And now uh, we do know that you stopped making videos with your face on them um, live from your New Haven studios. So, what made you come up with the idea to say, you know, at the end of your videos, live from my New Haven studios, and why did you uh, stop that? And then is it, is it solely because of Twitter, the Twitter uh, trolls? Uh, is he the reason why you took down your videos? Uh, partly, and uh, uh, that's pretty much one of the main reasons. The other reason being, I mean, I, I say that as a joke. I say that partly serious, partly as a joke. New, my New Haven studio is, of course, my room, uh, so it's not anything special. Um, and I say that partly just because I've always been into the news. Uh, you can call me a news junkie of sorts. So uh, the same way Walter Cronkite or Edward Murrow or uh, Keith Oberman has good night and good luck, I had that just to appease the mongos out there. But uh, also another reason was, and I don't, again, I don't hold anything against these people personally or anything, but I made a call one day, if you remember, and I since uh, ditched the greeting. I used to say, hey, happy to be here. Uh, when I, whenever they would put me on, just as right. letting people know who it was. The same way Ariel in Manhattan has good hour you, I had that. And right, and that that really launched your your fame in Mongo Nation because Audio Mongo and RN's Funhouse they tweeted out a, a, a video of, of you or the audio clip of you saying that, and Mike was just not having it. He wasn't in a good mood that day. He just he wasn't in. 
uh, I had people, because I, I, sometimes I can see the Twitter through my CBS Sports app whenever you click on a status, and I, and I don't do it to stalk or anything. I only do it once in a while just to see the news, the big sports and news stories or see what the guys at Mongo Nation are up to. And um, I saw it, and I look at the comments below, and the first comment I see is, uh, Mike in New Haven is such a weenie. So I'm like, well, then, <laughs> that is a good Friday for you guys on social media. And it kind of got a little bit of backlash and a little bit of support. Um, I'm kind of, when it comes to that, the jury's not out on me yet because I saw a comment from Smarks telling me I made a good call. Uh, I saw Brian Buck, who hosts Red Ticket Blues, telling me how good of a call I had made. But then you had those guys. So it was kind of uh, unbalanced, if you will, and it kind of uh, made me stop for that month or so. All right. And, I mean, I think I speak for a lot of Mongo Nation when we say that uh, we really enjoyed your videos with you on the screen. You're doing the pre-call center. I'm calling up now and then showing the producer talk and then afterwards. So, I mean, I, I understand why you, you know, might have been hesitant with uh, the Twitter guy. But if I recall correctly, last time I checked, he wasn't posting any, you know, physical photos of you or anything. So is there any consideration of ever possibly bringing back the videos? No, I'll stick to what I have now. I have a great format with a, a great app that I found to record the audios over. So I, I'll stick with that format for as long as I can. I don't have any plans to go back to it. So I'm effectively uh, ruling that out. I'll just stick to this. All right. And um, we saw your video with Mons that he said you're one of uh, his top five favorite callers. Who are your personal favorite callers? Well, I'll start right now and say this. If uh, Even though some people can criticize him, if there wasn't a Mike in Montclair, there wouldn't be a Mike in New Haven. Um and I say that because uh, he's your know, inspiration. In a, in a, in this sense, I listen to him sometimes, and he makes me laugh. Now he has grown on me. Um, but I used to listen to his rants with Francesa, and I'd be like, "If this guy can get on as often as he does, why can't I?" So that made me start calling. But if you were to tell me my favorite, well, do you, let me ask you a question. Do you know why he's so obsessed with the NBA? Every one of his calls are about the NBA. I think I think uh, it's just a way to get under Mike's skin. Um, he's kind of used to it over these years. There's many clips of uh, him in infamous calls regarding the NBA. So I don't really know where that comes from with him, but I, I'm assuming it's just a troll. And you know, he does. I, mm-hmm. He does it all in good fun. Right. Him and Mike are close. They text off the air, so it's yeah. all good. All right. So who are your other uh, favorite callers? Uh, Bruce and Bayside, Ozzy and Woodbridge, uh, of course Andrew and Fresh Meadows. Uh, and uh, who else would I say? I would say um, Andy in Seattle, and one more if I can name one. Uh, let's see. Um, I guess that would pretty much round it out. All right, and who is your least favorite caller or callers? Uh, Ralph in Manhattan, Lisa in Whitestone, and uh, who else? Stu in East Brunswick. Uh, Lisa in Whitestone just has this grating voice, and, and Ralph in Manhattan. It, Ralph is really just not good. And, and Mike in Floral Park, my God, I, can, I can't. I turn off the radio whenever Mike in Floral Park comes on. All right, there you have it. Uh, Mike is calling you callers out. you got to up your calls, make them a little better. And uh, who is your favorite update guy? Uh, Toss-up between Mr. Met, Bob Huesler, and uh, Minko. They've been there a long time, and they're good at what they do. Reco's not bad. But if anything, uh, uh, Minko, I uh, I would take him as the number one guy. John's a very nice guy. Uh, spoken with him uh, when I was there as well. And uh, who are some of the Mongos you interact with on a daily basis? Andrew, um, 
RN whenever he posted a video on YouTube occasionally. Uh, and um, that's there's a lot of other people that have come to my channel. I've had, like I said earlier, Simon from Yonkers commented once. So um, a variety. There's no one in specific other than the people that I, I just named. Um, there's a variety of them, and that's the beauty of my channel and of the other Mongo Nation-related channels. There's just a variety of people that come from all different forms of uh, the tri-state area that listen to the fan, that uh, interact with me and interact with other channels. All right, great. And uh, so what are your favorite sports and favorite teams? Well, uh, baseball, football, and basketball round out my top three. I do love hockey. I'm an all-New York kind of guy, um, Yankees, Knicks, Rangers, Giants, and um, that's, 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 those are my teams. Those are who I root for. All right, who is your favorite athlete? Derek Jeter. He's retired Derek now, Jeter. but uh, Derek Jeter was my favorite athlete. All right, here's a random question we've been asking our list, our, our callers as of late. I should ask Andrew, when you go and get Chinese food, if you do, what is your go-to meal? I don't really get Chinese food that often, but there's a great place up the street from where I live. I don't remember the name of it, but uh, whenever there's a hectic day going around, going around, we'll just stop there, get some nice vegetable fried rice and uh, some fried chicken, and that'll be it um, uh, up in North Haven. All right, sounds good. And uh, last but not least, I know you said you're looking to uh, go into EMT work or fireman. It's very honorable, but uh, you have a very good voice. Any consideration of doing some radio? Used to in the past, um, but I think it, I'll just stick to um, my call to the fan. Um, I've become a great regular over the course of the last couple of years. I have no plans on stopping anytime soon. It's been one very fun ride, and uh, it's just been great to see the reception that I've gotten, most of it positive from Mongo Nation. I went from being just uh, the ragtag first-time, long-time to someone that is getting on, getting on the air twice a week and making good points with some of the best New York City sports hosts out there. Uh, so when you turn 18, you, would you ever consider doing the Fantasy Phenom Challenge, or probably not? We'll see where the road takes me. I wouldn't rule it out, but uh, we'll, we'll see where the road takes me there. Um, John got to start there and look where John is. Mongo Nation's own Neil Dwyer uh, has done some work for the fan. Uh, so it's, um, it's something that I don't know. We'll see where the next two years lead us to. All right. Uh, Mike, I want to thank you for coming on the show tonight. It's been a real pleasure. Before you go, why don't you let everybody know the name of your YouTube channel? Check it out. It's just my name, uh, Mike Cologne. You can check out my YouTube calls, of, of my WFAN calls, rather, I should say. I got calls with Mike Francesa, Joe and Evan, and occasionally Steve Summers. It depends on the circumstances are right, if I can call them, maybe even Boomer and Carton. Uh, you can check out all the calls up there. They're very popular with uh, many Mongos, and if you haven't, feel free to kick, click that like button, that subscribe button, and uh, you should enjoy it. And the, and the interview that we just did will be up there as well, so you can go flock over for that. All right, so everybody check out his page. He also has pretty much every Porzingis put-back put dunk on the page as well. All right. I do. All right. I do. Mike, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Let's do this again sometime down the road. All right, thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening in. This is whoever came to listen for Mike. Continue to check out the show. And uh, now we're going to just uh, transition over in a, in a few minutes here. John Matthew is going to come on, Mothman Jones, and we're going to be talking about his YouTube channel. And we'll be talking about basically movie reviews, the Oscars. And he also, he, he goes into depth. He goes in depth on many things. He's been to Comic-Con and all that. So without further ado, we want to welcome into the show Mothman Jones. So... 
Here we so here we go. Uh, John, are you there? Can you hear us? Uh, how are you tonight? Charlie, Charlie, hello. Hello, hello. How's it going? All right, John, welcome to the show. Why don't you uh, first let everybody know uh, your YouTube channel name, your Twitter, your Facebook page. Well, I could do that. Um, my, basically, my name is John Mafio, but I go by the alias Mothman Jones, two Fs, Man Jones, no spaces. And that's basically where you can find me everywhere. You can find me on YouTube, Twitter. The only thing I changed, Instagram is John Mafio, but pretty much everything else is Mothman Jones. All right. And uh, so what are you up to nowadays, you know, just on a daily basis, career, and your YouTube page? What have you been up to? Well, I mean, I've been doing these videos on YouTube on Mothman Jones' channel for over four years now. And basically that was just, it's always been a hobby. I've met a lot of cool people along the way, and I've done some cool things along the way. But it's mostly been a hobby at the moment, not career-based. Although if it did move that direction, it would be nice. Um, I'm a recent graduate, so I'm basically idle as of that moving forward. But if I could actually make a nice career out of the YouTubing, that would be cool too. But, yeah, I've just been seeing movies casually, reviewing them. Uh, I just recently saw Gods of Egypt, which was a movie that came out last weekend. And I try to have at least one or two videos out a week on a weekly basis with these YouTube and then, videos. And for everyone listening out there, uh, Mossman Jones is part of the Knickknack News at WordPress.com page as well now. He'll be, having, he'll be having his reviews posted on there as well. And if anybody has any Absolutely. questions, anybody has any questions for John tonight about any movie, for the Oscars, uh, give us a call at one seven two four 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 seven four four four. Send enter the call ID, which is one four zero six one eight, followed by the pound key. That's if you're listening live. And if you're listening on the podcast, we will, we thank you for that as well. So, real quick, uh, John, just want to go through a few key categories from the Oscar. Uh, I'm gonna go tell you the tell you the people out there the winner. Tell me if you disagree or agree and why. So, first up. We're going to go with uh, Best Supporting Actor, Bridge of Spies, Mark Rylance won. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't see this movie. I had no interest in it. And honestly, I never even heard of him until he won. Uh, I, was really <laughs> expect- I was really expecting Sylvester Stallone to win. He won the SAG Awards. He won you know, everything on the way. I thought he was going to win it. So what is your take on that category? No, I think I would agree with you. A lot of people, the majority of people, were expecting Sylvester Stallone to win that. And I would agree with that, too. Um, Mark Rylance, the guy who won for Bridge of Spies, he was good in his role, but it wasn't anything particularly special about his performance. I think it was a safe choice for the Academy. The Academy, at points, likes to choose people who are safe. They don't want to go for the, the underdog or the person that deserves it a lot of the time, unfortunately. But um, out of all the people there, yeah, it was going to be... I kind of forgot a lot of nominations, but Sylvester Stallone definitely deserved that category. And uh, it would have been... It was, it was taking him forever to win that role. But I think they definitely got it wrong there. But yeah, you know, I thought I really thought it was going to be between him. I think Christian Bale was nominated for the Big Short. I figured it'd yeah. be one of them too. But uh, nonetheless, Mark Rylance won. Um, and then uh, Best Actress Brie Larson won for uh, for Room. Uh, I really can't disagree with that at all. She's like the she's on the screen most of the, the movie. How did you feel about that? Uh, I thought this was a lock. This is like usually every year there's like a lock performance for a certain category. Last year was J.K. Simmons for Whiplash. This year was Brie Larson because her performance was absolutely incredible. And if it didn't go to her, it would have been something severely wrong. But she did deserve this role. 
and it definitely has nothing really more I could say. I don't want to spoil the movie, but her, it definitely will be a career-defining performance for her. Definitely, and then her co-star, Jacob Tremblay, uh, he got four movies he's doing this year. Uh, I think he's going to be the next big-time Hollywood actor. How do you feel about that oh, for him? He's really cute. He's got that cute factor, and the kids love him, the families love him, the moms and dads. And if he can keep a career ball rolling, if he can keep that momentum moving, he will definitely be going special places. He will definitely be doing really awesome things in the future. For sure. And then, uh, so Best Supporting Actress, uh, Alicia Vikander from The Danish Girl. Didn't see the movie. Didn't know who she was either. Uh, didn't really, I wasn't really sure who was going to win this category. How did you feel about her winning? Um, yeah, actually, she was in, like, three movies last year. She was, like, really, really hard worker. Um, there was another movie that came out, Ex Machina, that she probably deserved it over this movie. But I can't complain with the win because she is a really great actress. But, I mean, her performance wasn't the greatest performance ever. But I think given everybody else who was nominated, she deserved it out of the other four who were presented with her. And uh, she definitely presented the range. And she's definitely something mm-hmm. to look out for in the future, too, because she's going to be a rising star. And then uh, we'll move on to Best Actor. Leonardo DiCaprio finally won. Well-deserving, yeah. but do you think he should have won for this particular role in The Revenant? Particularly, maybe, perhaps not. A lot of people complain that maybe he should have won for Wolf of Wall Street, and it's like apples and oranges. He did different performances in different movies, but I think this is just basically an encapsulation of everything he's done in his career that he finally won. It's basically, it's not an Oscar for The Revenant, but it's an Oscar for everything he's done in the past. Basically, a career achievement award, but... I mean, I personally thought he should have won for the Titanic. And so, you know, like over 16 years now, he's been, he's been, he's not been winning. So he definitely well deserved to win. Then last category we're talking about here is best picture. Now, throughout the night, for everyone that was following the very, very long Oscars that just kept going on and on and on, uh, Mad Max Fury Road was cleaning house, winning everything. So when, when I personally got to, was watching and saw the best picture category come up, my original pick was I said Spotlight was going to win and that what, that actually won, but if you watched it throughout the night, you would have thought oh man, Max Trey Road's probably going to win. Uh, what yeah, you, absolutely. How, do you, how, do you, how did you feel about, who do you think should have won and how do you feel about the, the Academy not giving the overall winner on the night who won the most awards the Best Picture Award? Well, that happens rarely. That there are times where like there has been a couple of years where they would give most of the nominations to one particular movie and then end it all off with the same movie doesn't happen too often, though. Um, I personally bounce around a lot when it comes to Best Picture because there were so many good movies that came out this year and all the nominations were deserving of the nominations. But um, at first I thought it was going to be... I always had Spotlight there, but I didn't think it was going to actually win. Actually, watching the show, I actually thought Mad Max would possibly win after seeing it win so many awards. Even though I didn't, think, I didn't expect it to win that many awards at all, not even like one or two, let alone six or seven, whatever it was. But uh, I think I was always on Room or Spotlight. I thought Room could have been the underdog, the um, the one that swept everybody under the rug and went, oh, really, not that movie. Like, it came out of nowhere. But mm-hmm. Spotlight is the safe choice. It's probably the right choice. And it's definitely a deserving movie. Is it going to be remembered in five, ten years? Maybe not. But for the time being, it's definitely a great overall film based on what happened and what goes on inside the movie. All the actors in it are great. And, it, yeah, I think they made the right choice with this one. Yeah, I can't disagree. Uh, the actual story itself, the, in the true life, real life story, was pretty, pretty crazy and nuts. How they, you know, they they did the investigation, so it really translated well to film. 
so as you said, a lot of good movies came out last year, but now we're moving forward. We're here. We're, right now it's March. Typically, would you say March is usually like a dead period? They don't really, you know, it's not quite the spring. It's not, it's, the summer blockbusters aren't coming out. Uh, the Oscars and the, the awards season just passed. Would you say, for the most part, history would tell us that, you know, studios are going to put out their worst movies at this time period? Yeah, it's, usually, but in actually a couple of years, this year has been pretty decent with movies, actually. Um, if you talk about February, February has been becoming a nice blockbuster month for Hollywood. Last, a couple of years ago, they had the Lego movie. This year, they had Deadpool. They both broke mm-hmm. records at the box office. And yeah. they're releasing Batman for Superman in March, which is kind of unprecedented. Usually, March isn't the month for big movies to be released. Right. So let's get into that. That's something I definitely want to talk about. Superman vs. Batman movie coming out, uh, I think, March, the end of March. Uh, well, I originally, when they were making this movie, I thought for sure it's going to come out in the summer. It be a summer blockbuster. And then I was really surprised when I started seeing the coming attractions around the end of the NFL season saying uh, the movie's coming out in March. Uh, so, first and foremost, uh, do, do you agree with the fact that they are doing this movie at this time, or do you feel this movie should have happened already? And are you okay with the fact that it's basically they're going to not really do a Batman origin story. They're just going to pick up from where Superman left off. Well, I'll start with the first question. Um, the whole reason why it actually moved to March is because it was coming out the same weekend as Marvel's Civil War. And they had a whole debate. They, were, they kept each other there for a while, but somebody had to move because they couldn't keep both of those major releases in the same weekend. But I think March has had times in the past where it has had successful movies. So this could be like a little start of a new momentum changer where they can start releasing blockbusters in March because there's going to be so many movies coming out in the next few years between all these different properties. They're going to have to space out these movies so people don't spend so much money all the time. But, yeah, there's a ridiculous amount of superhero movies coming out over the next three years. Yeah, we're talking That's about like Marvel, DC, and even Star Wars is going to be doing movies once a year too now, so it's going to be a lot. But um, I think DC is trying to play the catch-up game with Marvel because they didn't, they're doing Justice League now. So they could have had a couple options. They could have started with the origins of Batman, origins of Superman, made some movies of those, and then finally got to Justice League. But what they're trying to do here is do Justice League first in like the first couple movies, and then spread out to solo movies. Which mm-hmm. is they're going to Justice League comes out next year, and then following years after that will be all the individual character movies. Which I don't, I can't disagree agree yet with it until the movies come out. We don't know if they're going to turn out to be good or bad. This movie coming out this year in a couple of weeks could actually turn out to be not so good of a movie. And if the audience doesn't react to it in a really positive way, it's probably going to change the way Warner Brothers and the people who are behind these movies are going to move forward with their product. But at the moment, well, I would probably say it's a good idea. So I'm a huge DC fan. Justice League should have came out 10 years ago. So it's, they're, really, they're like trying to piece it together quickly. Hopefully you know, it all works out. But I'm a little concerned about the casting. Uh, you know, Ben Affleck, he might be a good Batman. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll watch him determine that. But I really, just going back to this original Superman movie, do you agree that, or do you feel it would have made sense? They should have just had, they would have, it would have made a lot of sense and a lot of people would have carried over viewership-wise to take Tom Welling from Smallville and make him Superman. No, I haven't seen Smallville, but I would be able to tell you from my personal scene, like just looking at him, he definitely embodies the visual Mm -hmm. of the tome of Superman. 
I do think there's a whole there's a whole line fine line you have to cross here or not cross because you have these, these you have the TV universes the movie universes and uh, it may it may have confused people to bring back Tom Welling so it makes sense why they recasted the character again but uh, I think the guy they have now Henry Cavill at least his acting can improve a little bit but physically I think he has really grown into the character of Superman and. I don't think anybody's ever going to be Christopher Reeve, the actual original Superman from the 70s movies. But um, I do think that Henry Cavill will definitely grow on audiences if his performance is at least accepting in this movie coming out. Right. And the other, I mean, the thing, I'm a really big Slash fan. I watched the show. I don't know if you watch it. Grant Gustin is really good. Uh, But Ezra Miller, who has long hair, and he's just, he's not, he's not really muscular. He's he's playing the Flash in the yeah. movie. Uh, I I didn't agree with that casting. How did you feel about that? Um, actually, he's a really great actor. He's been in a couple of really good movies, and his performances well, has been nothing He was he was very good at, in terms of being a wallflower. He was very good. Oh, yeah. But just like once I saw him in that character, I don't I can't see him as Flash. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen fan art of him in the costume, and I look at it and I go, if it looks like that, maybe. Um, he definitely has the charisma. I could definitely... I don't know much about the Flash character, but I think there's a possibility that he could be good in it, but it also does seem kind of strange for a casting role, too. But I am kind of... I'm, I flip-flop back and forth about it because we still haven't seen anything from him as the character yet. If he's in Batman Superman with, like, a little cameo, maybe we'll get well, a taste of what he is. It was released today that he is going to be in a dream sequence of either Batman or Superman, and that's where his debut is going to be in this film. Hmm. So he's, he's going to be in the movie as a, in a dream sequence. I don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, but I want to move on a little more with the casting here. Um, so the, I noticed that the Green Lantern, I don't think he's in this. Uh, I know he, he's going to be in uh, a future movie coming up. He's going, to, uh, he's going to be in Shazam as Black Adam, The Rock. But I thought The Rock would have been a great pick to be as a, in a Hollywood blockbuster like this as the Green Lantern. Um, oh, wait, how would The Rock be in Green Lantern? As if he, was, if he was Green Lantern, yeah. I know he wasn't cast as that, but I feel like that would have been a smart choice. I think, honestly, I don't know much about the DC Universe either. I'm going to keep saying that. But I think okay. the character they got The Rock to play, um, the Black Adam character, does seem like a pretty decent fit. I don't know if I would put The Rock in the Green Lantern shoes, though. Um, it also depends on who, what character they pick. Apparently, they're doing a Green Lantern core movie, which will involve all the Green Lantern characters. Oh, right, right. One. Mm-hmm. So whoever they decide to introduce first will decide who they're going to pick. They can go right. with John Stewart, the African American character, or the white character Hal Jordan. There's a couple, mm-hmm. two or three others too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, right, but, those are the main two, though. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, look, look at Far DC. They're going to have some major movies coming out in the next few years. They're going to make a lot of money. Uh, but a movie that is coming out this month that I'm looking forward to seeing the first two. Is the Diversion series Allegiant. Have you seen the prior two, and what are your expectations for this one? Okay, um, <laughs> Allegiant. Um, I actually have seen the first two Divergent movies. Um, I haven't really been the biggest fan of them. Are they the worst movies? No, but I do think they kind of are just riding off the capitalized success of the Hunger Games and other young adult novels. They're filmed well. They have really great actors in the films. Um, I mean, Naomi Watts, you have Octavia Spencer, and apparently Jeff Daniels in the new one. Um, they get some really good people. I just don't know if I'm compelled by the story they're telling in these movies. 
it may not, it just may be personal preference. Maybe I just don't like them. A lot of people do. So kudos to them, but it's just not for me personally. Right. But I mean, I'm, the first, the first movie was, was good. I thought the second one, not so much. Uh, the, the thing that like made no sense to me is that because Shailene Woodley uh, cut her hair to do her uh, movie fault that starts all of a sudden in the next movie, she has short hair. It just annoyed me. And she was, cause and they, the way they did that, they were like, she was like, oh, I need to change. I got to cut my hair. And she just, like, grabs the scissors and cut her hair. <laughs> such a stupid yeah. thing. Uh, silly. And then the other movie, uh, years in the making, coming out this month, is Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. What can you tell us about that? Which film? Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. My Big oh. Fat Big Greek Wedding 2. This is a movie my mom would be excited about, because I, <laughs> I actually haven't seen the first Big Fat Greek Wedding. But if you ask my girlfriend or my mother about both about this movie, they would be able to tell you all about it. But I think people who are looking forward to this movie are definitely good. they're going to come out in in fluxes. It's going to be a big indie hit. I think it's not it's not going to be a great success. But I think people who were excited and were well received by the first one are definitely going to go out and see this one. And it seems like based on a trailer, it seems like it copies the formula of the first movie. So they're not really doing anything revolutionary. It'll probably be a nice complimentary film to the first one, and I'm sure it's going to be a blast. Yeah, uh, and a lot, of, a lot of people are looking forward to that because it's just a nostalgic film for a lot of people. Uh, I only recently just saw the first one on, on HBO because I heard they were making another one, so I said, better watch this and, uh, before the next one comes out. Pretty good movie. And then uh, before I let you go, uh, talks here that uh, Sylvester Stallone is either looking to now cast, finally, the cast of Expendables 4, but now rumor has it he might not even be in the movie, so Terry Crews said, I'm not doing the movie without you, but it looks like, so far, the only thing that might be confirmed is Hulk Hogan is going to be the main villain, and also, what I'm reading up, yeah, I'm reading is that Hulk Hogan will be in it, and I'm reading that uh, he's gonna. Sylvester Stallone's trying to get The Rock in the Expendables. So, what have you seen the Expendables movies, and what, what are you? What's your take on the franchise? I actually seen all three. They're enjoyable movies. They're not the most greatest movies ever made, but I actually enjoyed all three of them. Um, if that is true, then I would be down for Hulk Hogan in the movie. The Rock has such a busy schedule. I don't know if they're gonna be able to get The Rock if they are trying to get him. But if they do get him, it's only gonna create more success for the franchise. And uh, I think. I mean, it's definitely a lucrative franchise. If they, if they, no matter who they get, if they keep the, the reoccurring cast, they're definitely going to find success at the box office. But really, really quick, I just want to say, don't sleep on Cloverfield Lane, the sequel to Cloverfield and Marsh. That movie's going to do some good numbers, too. All right. Well, John, I want to thank you for your time. We can check out uh, John's YouTube videos either on his YouTube page or now we'll be posting them on knickknacknews.wordpress.com. Mothman Jones, mm-hmm. thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. It was great talking to you. Thanks, John. All right. There you have it. Some movie talk with John. And now uh, we will be moving on here to uh, talk some NBA, which alludes earlier in the show. We welcome you to the show. Brad Ball and Brad, what's going on? <laughs> Thanks, Thirst. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, sorry for the uh, the delay there. Haven't been on the line for a while, but... Uh, our first uh, caller, Mike, had somebody call in, wanted to ask him random questions about. Uh, he was asking him questions. The call, the interview that first was the first I was interviewing was being asked questions about the big game tonight. So why don't you tell everybody about the, the big game that's going to be happening tonight at Tech Hawk? 
Well, we've got a rematch of this past weekend's classic between the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Golden State Warriors, two franchises that are part of the top tier of the Western Conference. Um, you've got Golden State at number one and Oklahoma City at number three. Uh, the Thunder are in a little bit of a tailspin. I believe they're somewhat around two and five in the last seven games, so they need to get it in the right gear. They lost the heartbreaker against the Golden State Warriors, who launched an incredible comeback led by Stephen Curry. Led by Stephen Curry, who will probably win his second MVP this season. Incredible game. And then everyone saw the practically half-court shot he hit to win the game. Um, just an incredible performance by him. The team, they've got great depth. And um, not haven't seen a shooting performance like that in ages. So... Kudos that's, to the Golden State Warriors. That's definitely for sure, uh, just ridiculous shooting. Um, now, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I think the, I think the Warriors are going to win tonight. Would you agree with me? I would definitely say they have the best chance. And, I mean, how could you doubt Stephen Curry's – he's listed as questionable currently, but come on. I mean – only LeBron James, I'm taking shots at LeBron tonight. Only LeBron James sits out of big games. You know, I mean, and Carmelo Anthony, also Carmelo Anthony. Like, how can you sit out of rivalry games? So this is a big rivalry game in the Western Conference. Uh, Stephen Curry is going to be playing in it, I would say, 90, 99% sure. They're going to win. Um, when it comes to the Thunder, uh, I think their biggest problem is their depth. Uh because, I mean, if you look at it, if you look at their last game, you've got, I mean, like Alan Roberson, I'm pretty sure that's his name, 10 points. I mean, you've got Steven Adams and Deion, like, who are these guys? Deion Waiters, all right. You know, he's, a, he's another J.R. Smith type. They don't have that many tools at their disposal, so their starters are going to play a lot of minutes. And then when you look at the best teams in the NBA who have succeeded, who have won championships, you know, stars are enough, but you need at least two guys to spell you off the bench. I'm not really frightened by anybody on their bench. When it comes to Golden State, they can go small. They have a couple of bigs. They have guys who the cliche is can put up punches and bunches. So uh, I will look for the Golden State Warriors to have a, a total team effort tonight. We'll probably be competitive, but I would say they definitely win in, in regulation. And this is this might be the Knicks fan to me, but the Thunder, like, they just did a dump, basically, traded Steve Novak to the Nuggets. Now, Steve Novak, especially in games like these that are going to be shootouts, I would think would be a valuable asset off the bench to come in and easily knock down some threes when Durant or Russell Westbrook are double teams. Would you agree with me? Yeah, without a doubt. The, the only problem there is, as with any team who just throws in a shooter off the bench, yes, uh, it's fun to kick it out to them, but it's going to leave you uh, one person as a liability on the defensive end. So especially in the second unit, while that might be nice and putting up a three ball, get some production that way, you know, it's going to limit what you have defensively. You're going to have to make sure you have a shot blocker behind him. And um, quite frankly, you know, I don't know if Steven Adams is the right fit. He's pretty solid. He's a good backup. Um, but that is that's that's playing devil's advocate. Yeah, that's um, it's a tough situation. But you know, I know you're a fan of shooters. You know, give him a shot, see what he can. Maybe throw him in for like you know six minutes here, and then just see if he can you know 
put some points on the board. Right. Uh, well, I mean, if you look at the Western Conference, give me the two teams that would actually maybe, not that they really are going to have a good shot, but would have the best shot to possibly beat the Warriors in a seven-game series. When I'm looking down the Western Conference, it might come as a shock, and they may they, realistically. I was talking with this. I was talking over this with a friend earlier today. It would be the Spurs. I mean, you have to say. I mean, they're the second. You, know, you can even make the argument that they're the m- most talented. They're equally talented as the Golden State Warriors. I mean, they picked up Lamarcus Aldridge in the off season. You know, multi-time All Star to add to already the Duncan, Ginobili, and uh, and Parker nucleus, but. With the Rockets possibly settling in at number eight, they have a chance to face the Warriors in the open round. Not saying they're going to win, but as with any sport, if you get hot at the right time, you could run the tables. This could be an Atlanta Hawks-Boston Celtics series. Perhaps, perhaps not saying, but perhaps uh, from 2008, uh, several years ago, opening round, the you know quintessential favorite gets pushed to the brink, but... Obviously, they come through when it matters most. You know, the Rockets do have a chance, but obviously their main competition would have to be the San Antonio Spurs. Some people think that they might be a little bit uh, slow and too big for the Golden State Warriors. Well, the thing is, in the games the Spurs have played the Warriors this season, the Warriors have blown the Spurs out. Not saying that would be the same story in the postseason, but for me... Just based on what I'm watching here, uh, the teams that are really playing the Warriors close that might have a shot, but probably don't. I would say the Clippers and the Thunder. They've been playing them really close overtime games or like one or two point games, uh, and they have they can really they can match the star power basically. Uh, like and like you were saying, I think the Spurs are a little too slow. They can't play the, the Warriors game where we're gonna you know get the ball like within two seconds of pulling up a three. So I don't know. I don't know. I think that might be a little difficult for them. Uh, and then just real quick here uh, in the East, uh, the team to watch, in my opinion, is, is Celtics. Now uh, they cooled off the, the Trailblazers last night, um, and the Trailblazers were hot. So what are your take on the Celtics right now? Uh, do you think they have a shot to beat the Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference? And why did they cut or waive? David Lee, and David Lee, he's a double-double machine. All of get double-doubles, and of course he signed at the Mavericks, and what does he do? He gets double-doubles in his first two games. So what's your take on the Celtics? I like the Celtics. You know, they're good. They're, they're a mixture of, you know, young and, uh, and veteran talent. Um, I think it obviously starts with uh, the driving force, which was uh, Isaiah Thomas. They acquired in the offseason. He's doing a fabulous job running the offense. Uh, you know, it's kind of been an unheralded, uh, you know, an underrated point guard, if you would, throughout his career. Um, he was an all-star this year. And then you've got, you know, some other players, like you've got Evan Turner, solid player off the bench. You've got Marcus Smart coming back from injury a few weeks ago. Um, Amir Johnson, another underrated player, high-energy kind of player. And Jay Crowder, I don't think anyone's really talking about him. This is a guy, he's kind of, you know, an undersized forward slash guard, really tough perimeter guy, and then another tough defender, Avery Bradley, and also a three-point shooter. So just looking up and down their roster, they've got a good unit. They've 
you know, it's it's they've achieved a nice balance. That's what you want, in the, you know, in an offense. In in a, I think I think I think the key is that uh, the key is they have an amazing, young, intelligent head coach in Brad Stevens. How do you feel about Brad Stevens? I think he's in the front running for uh, for coach of the year. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. It's got to be him or Luke Walton. No, but Luke Walton zero and zero on the season, so it should be Brad Stevens, without a doubt. Yeah, I don't think anybody uh, you know saw this coming in terms of Boston. Um, they definitely took the biggest step up in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, most I think would probably think they were going to grab like a lower seed. Now uh, I believe they are they're number three. I yeah, sec, well, second in the Atlantic Division, I think number three in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, but, the Raptors are in first right now. Uh, they're in second overall in the conference, and then the Celtics are in third. Yeah, um, they're definitely going to be a, a team to watch. And, uh, you know, I would expect them to, you know, it's going to be challenging. There's a lot of tough teams in the Eastern Conference, much more competitive now than the West. So um, they're going to face some stiff competition in the first round, but uh, anything is possible. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there is a reason why they call him Brad Ball, and he knows his basketball, folks, just rattling off all the statistics, all the players' names. He knows the whole Celtics roster. I didn't even tell him we were going to be talking about the Celtics tonight, and yet he named <laughs> almost everybody on the roster. So kudos to that. Brad Ball, and thanks for calling in. You've been on all the shows so far, and we really appreciate that. No problem. Thanks, you. Thanks, you. Appreciate all right. Have a good night, Brad. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a great, a uh, little bit over an hour, actually. We start off the show with some NHL talk. We had Mike in New Haven call in. Uh, Andrew and Flush Meadow called in. And him and Mike kind of took over the show for a few minutes, talking Islanders and Capitals and then basketball. Uh, but then we got to know about Mike, so hopefully everyone enjoyed the Mike in New Haven interview. Uh, then John Matfield came on, Mothman Jones. You can check out his stuff on knickknacknews.wordpress.com. He knows all about movies. If you have any questions, you can reach out to him on Twitter. I'm sure I'll answer uh, any question you might have about any movie. Uh, and then we talked to the one and only Brad Bull and Brad Popkin. He knows his basketball stuff. He's also a contributor on knickknacknews.wordpress.com. I want to thank you for listening to our show this evening. This is episode three. It's now in the books. Uh, We'll be back at it next week with our show. It'll be episode four. Uh, JT Brown is going to be on a little business trip to Las Vegas for his company. He won't be accompanying me on the podcast next week either. But I just want to thank you all for listening and checking out our website. We had a record uh, viewing on our website yesterday. uh, So we want to thank you for that. So once again, check us out at knickknacknews.wordpress.com. And we thank you for listening. Have a good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.